Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV's coverage of Amazon's The Wheel of Time. This is our deep dive into episode six titled The Flame of Tar Valon. Valon? Valon. Valon. Valon, Valon. I actually had. Okay. You were you were giving yourself props in the last episode for getting it down. And yeah. Just I've listened to so gone. much New Spring since then. I finished New Spring. So you're back on the tar. Or so, tar yeah, yeah, I just I was tainted a little bit and I'll dive into the great hunt next and it'll it'll just be a mess probably forever. But <laughs> like I said, deep dive episode, we'll get into uh, breaking down a lot of the scenes more deeply than we did on the instant reaction. There's a lot of conversations that are had foreshadowing nice lines. I know Paul was writing down some dialogue lines. I have a lot written down, too, so we can talk about all of them. And we get a PSS this episode. We do. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, shit, that's very there. true. So I guess. Just to start us off the same way that the episode itself starts off, we have a flashback to Tyr and a young Swan Sanchez and her one-handed father. Dude, okay, <laughs> you listeners out there, I am watching with them. This is my third watch. This is at least Luke, Kyle, and Dave's at least second, probably third. No, that's my second. Maybe fourth for Kyle. We're watching. We get to the end of this opening scene, and Kyle's like, oh, my God. I just realized he has one hand. Never that was noticed. like what? That was the whole point of Swan using magic to help him get rid of the knot and the nets. And like, I thought she was using it to make the fish more plentiful. <laughs> That's what I originally oh thought. My God. I was like, why is she? Why is she channeling? Like, we were all like, over the place. Then. Um, oh man, you guys! I was cracking up. I wish you guys had recording of me laughing at the, <laughs> in their faces. It's funny too because it just is so obvious once you notice it. It's so obvious. <laughs> I was just staring at his nub the whole time. My first watch through, I was taking notes and I was more so like looking at his face. So I wasn't like fully yeah. looking. And so when Kyle said that, I was like, holy shit, you're so right. I was so shocked. Dave was looking at his ass. But they did have like a really cool line of father waking her up on the hammock. And then, you know, they're back and forth of like, oh, are the, are the fish biting? It's like, ah, they're kissing the surface. Better go catch him. Before some other bastard does. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go, Swan. The, only, um, the child actress, don't know what her name is at the moment, but she was great. I thought she was like very believable. Sometimes children, I mean, I'm just amazed at when young kids can act well. Mm. And she definitely did that. I don't know if that was a real tear. I swear they probably were like, cut, and then come in with a tear, like a little dropper. And okay. then just put one on her cheek and then like, all right, action. She slayed it from a magic perspective because I think it's just the fact that she could channel that well and, and she seems self-taught, right? Like she hasn't been in Tarvalon yet. Like Egwene and Nynaeve never got even close to that point. So that just shows like how she became the Omerlin seed. I guess her potential was so good so early. But yeah, she tier was awesome. I thought it was such a good landscape. It felt so unique compared to any other shot. You guys will find out like on the map, it's like super far south. Kind of felt Amazonian ish, right? Like sitting in the in the water like that, and then the the cool backdrop of the castle, Stone of Tear. I think we're not sure about that yet, but is it confirmed that that is? I feel like it has to be. Yeah. I don't know if it's confirmed, confirmed from an official like Amazon source, but yeah. there's no way it's not. Either way, I like the whole environment of what Tears got going on. I love how Swan has her own theme song too. Like they have this so whole, good. it sounds like, I don't know, like there's a lot of vocal sounds in the background, but <laughs> I, she has her own theme. It comes out at least three times when she's like the main subject and it's, it's phenomenal. The one comment I want to make is on her tattoos because we do see them originally when she's younger. And then also later in the episode, we find out that she's added some more to her 
uh, collection. So I don't know what the representation of those will be. We'll maybe see. And I do want her father to come back into the story. We know he's not dead. I, I assume he's not dead. So I would like to see him come back because I thought he did a really good job acting. Could probably be dead. I would bet my money. Yeah, he could dead. be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would like to, that would be a nice reunion. I feel like for Swane. But I agree. Swane. <laughs> I do agree. I was going to say Swan now. I yeah. do agree that the tattoos. I want to know their significance because it was a big identifier to like you know her sitting in the ambulance seat in the next scene. But at the same time, like you said, they're getting she's getting additional ones. So. Is it just, you know, willy nilly? I feel like at any tattoo, or is, is there significance behind them? To continue, we get back to the fishman hut after they're, uh, they were going out and set the nets and completely burnt down. And we get the symbol uh, painted on their board. Just it looked like a red comma, but it was also the symbol that we got in episode one of all the sheep. That the Trolloc supposedly like slaughtered and ate with that land found as he was oh, scouting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was the same shape, but I'm curious to what it meant because Kyle specifically wanted to skip over that scene, episode one, and this is you know it's rearing its its head again. I assume it's I I want to say the dark one just because it was a Trolloc, but at the same time, why would they not just why would they burn the hut down and not you know? stay around and kill her i don't think it's common knowledge of what that is yet right no but i don't know how much it matters to i guess quote unquote spoil it yeah i think it actually might be better if we contextualize it okay that's fine with me yeah so the mark itself is called the dragon's fang it is like one half of essentially a yin yin and yang symbol so So it's like a comma comma. yeah exactly the yin and yang is kind of just like the representation of the male and female halves of the one power then it became a symbol for the eyes to die and then the male half is the black half. And then that symbol, because all the men that channel go crazy, has now, over the thousands of years, become this symbol of the dark one. So people will, like, I guess, brand people's houses, will, like, mark their houses with the dragon's fang when they think of their dark friends. So he, as in her dad, has a quote that says, um, he basically is sending her to the White Tower, and he says, when it's safe in tear for girls like you. Mm-hmm. So it's book canon that, the kingdom country of Tyr is like notoriously anti-channelers. They don't fuck with Aes Sedai. They don't like them at all. So that's why they acted so harshly when they know that Swan could channel. That's why they burn their house down. And then they mark it to be like, okay, these motherfuckers are dark friends. Yep. Good. Good clarification needed that. Yeah. But that means that I think it's a coincidence that the sheet were laid out like that and it was just Trolloc. Yeah. That's, remnants. It doesn't really make sense looking. Back. Yeah. I don't think that the Trollocs would ever... Like, is the, the merge all like, yeah, a little to the left on that one in the back. Like, it doesn't look great. Like, I don't know that they would ever purposely set that up. That's you, why I just don't really like that scene. Are you finished with one. this lamb? Can I can I move it? Yeah, exactly. Right it was just like, OK, whatever. Time skip. Yes. So we're back to reality, the present. And we get the amazing quote from our badass Liana Sadai. So I was mispronouncing it on the instant reaction, but it's Liana. She comes the watcher of the seals. The Flame of Tarvalon, the Amarlin Seed. Mm. That was hot. The transition's so good. I mean, it's basically just like the humble beginnings for now, who is the most per- the most powerful person in the world. So I thought the two scenes work really well together. And we're into a trial where we get her power on display. And the, is it called the Great Hall? Uh, it's or the Hall I, of the Tower. The Hall of the Tower is so fucking cool. It's circular. It's just laid out for all the different Ajas to post up on those little um, you know, steps for all the leaders. It's just 
screams fucking politics and let's fucking go in a wheel we'll set it in, in a wheel, yeah. in a wheel. everything's True. a wheel everything's a wheel um, i really liked the transition from the opening theme to you know it, it, we come to the the camera focusing on moraine's face but what transitioned it what triggered it was the sound of leanne's staff staff hitting the ground off of the title sequence going right so and that was as she was announcing, you know, that Swan Sanche, the the flame of Tarvalon. So it was just the little nuances all around that just that thing needs to be a magical item. I don't know anything about it, but I think it needs to be. Oh, Luke called it her staff. Yeah. 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 Magical item again. You're going with the blanket <laughs> term of magical item. Uh, t- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it he- could be. It could be a co- one of a couple things. But- okay. I mean, also, I, it might end up being very likely that you're correct. I think it's such a vague guess, but okay. I like the shot of all the Ajas. I think I didn't know there was a white Aja. I didn't pick that up in the intro, and we haven't really talked about the white, uh, the white Ajas being uh, a political group in there. Yeah. So I, that was interesting for me to see on the rewatch. So what can we do the colors real quick? We have yeah. blue, green, brown, yellow, white, red gray and gray okay gray oh, i didn't know gray one. is that what leanna is no leanne's uh so no, Leanne? she's wearing like a grayish getup. no green. so liana is so she has a, a special position so she's known as the keeper of the chronicles she's essentially like not an assistant but she's like she is right, right under the amaranth seat in terms of like she will like schedule meetings like she's who receives people who want to go see the Amarlin seat so like that's why she's banging the gavel or the the, the staff and, and kind of settling everyone in the room she has like that position she, she keeps, is she keeps she's tradition, a blue right like she tries to keep tradition and tries to keep make sure that the Amarlin seat's doing yeah the correct thing in her position of power so and they're chosen the Amarlin gets to pick who that is um and so she's a blue because not be directly because you don't have to choose someone from your same Aja but they do mention that Swan Sanche used to be a blue mm-hmm. before she was raised to the Amberlin Sea. Murmur, 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 murmur. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole courtroom. Murmur, murmur, murmur. So you want to do a quick rundown of what's what? What do you yeah, mean? No, no, of what we know of the Ajas? Yeah. So well, green being like the battle Ajas, red yeah. being the men killers, essentially. The men killers. They're kind of like, honestly, Yellow they're kind dealers. of like cops. <laughs> okay. That sucks. Yeah, they're narcs. Blue are the secret key, like the, the spies. Spies. So, yeah. yeah. Secrets. Blue is so kind brown. of like going for justice. They like find out information about things that are happening and like try to make sure that bad things don't happen, and then they support good movements. Secret yeah, so collectors is I like even though Leandrin is the one who said that, and she might be an unreliable narrator. I think that's that's what I like to keep it as head canon. Okay, and then so the only ones I don't know are brown and white. What they do we and can go into and because you know as our youtube watchers have said and commented which we love please keep commenting they said you know the animated shorts do go into it so it's no longer a spoiler yeah so the white aja is dedicated to logic that's and dope. philosophy that's, that's cool the brown aja is knowledge okay so they're like basically like like the librarians they're like known for just being like always having their nose in a book and just aloof with reality and, and practical common sense. Mm-hmm. They're just always reading. Wait, so what's the difference between white and brown? One's logic and yes. one's knowledge. Yes, there's like a, the um. So the white Aja are like basically philosophers in the sense like they're like thinking about problems okay. and things like that. Gotcha. While the Browns are like literally just compiling like history. history. Yeah, yeah history. things like that. Gotcha. 
And then the gray Aja is politics. So they um, will handle a lot of if there's like treaties that need to be signed between kingdoms and things like that. Gray Aja's handle all of the politics. So they there's basically they're like um, diplomats. Cool. And like emissaries, I guess you could say. That's the only one I didn't know was the gray. Yeah. And I'm then, looking at you now and I'm like, oh, Luke would totally just snake into the gray. So we also know that, well, now we know that the yellow Aja are the healers. And like Dave said, green, battle, red, narcs, blue, secrets. Nice. Yep. Love that. All right. First hall scene, first tower scene, hall of the towers, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> yeah. So it is the hall. <laughs> we're in the hall of the tower to bring us back to the actual episode. The, the impression I get from this scene, the most thing, thing that sticks out is just how much of bad bitches Swan and Liana Sadai are. I thought you were going to say Alana's boobs, but okay. well, that too. <laughs> that too. I definitely, <laughs> I swear to God, it would like cut to Liana just for one second. He's, dude, her boobs. <laughs> I was scrolling Reddit, like reading just like a discussion on the episode and it was you know people are making all these points like picking out the logical inconsistencies whatever like it's a discussion and then one comment is just alana has some big old titties <laughs> alana <laughs> not liana liana okay I'm he's sorry. saying the green i i am i'm messing up the names but i will say i kind of do like that choice because all the other eyes to die are really reserved, like in their clothing and their outfits. But green or promiscuous a little bit. Yeah. Well, exactly. Sure, yeah. Some shoulder. Oh, Alana. Right. Yeah. Alana like embraces her sexuality. She already says, you know, I could never have one warder. I need at least two. Would welcome seven, probably. <laughs> so like she embraces her sexuality and is like actually shows it off in her outfit. So I thought that was a cool little detail that they showed. A little deep V. For might be a of. scoop neck i don't know what that's called <laughs> scoop neck i know that's a thing that's a, like a collar type for i know it's for men's shirts i don't wear scoop necks but i know people <laughs> wear scoop necks so this scene is kind of a little bit split into two. First half of the scene is focused on our fdr Logan. Mm -hmm. so we can talk about that first um he's brought before the amerlin seat i just it's just such a great introduction to how she conducts business mm -hmm. she just tells them to unchain Loghain because he can't channel anymore. So there's really, he doesn't pose any danger. And it's really like a backhand to Loghain. Yes. It's like, yo, dude, you came to the White Tower, like marching, and now you're not even a threat that dude, I can, you're free basically right in front of me. I was getting more of a backhand to Leandrin too, because her face was like, like, why are you going to give this man this freedom? Like he deserves to be shackled kind of. So I, I took it, but I, from your perspective, I also agree that it was also a backhand to Loghain as well. I but took, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's great. I took two main things from this scene. I'm happy it got saved by the end when it gets revealed of why Logan is talking the way he is to the Omerlin seat. It shows that, well, one, like the Omerlin seat is smart as shit. She's, she knew from the beginning that the only reason he's being all aggressive and saying this stuff to get killed, to get mercy killed is because he's obsessed. I mean, he wants to touch the power again. He lost that ability. So he's basically going suicidal like Tom's nephew. And then the second thing is just that like Logan he i really don't know if he's going to play a bigger part like at, probably not for this season he might be in the next season because he is going to be a prisoner forever like that was what his sentence was um but yeah like i i think he just saves it because he's just such a good example of what withdrawal from this from the one power is he kills that like that little short speech when he's just like people back in the day would laugh at you for coming up with the idea of trying to build an army to fight the Omerlin seat but i did that within less than a year mm -hmm. and i already had an entire army at my back like yep chills man yeah. that was such a great scene delivery by him and then to emphasize it saying people aren't going to like people are going to remember me 
forsaking that green bitch. And I was just like, fuck yeah, they I'm will. I still love one you. verse nine. That's awesome. I fucking love this guy. I hope he keeps coming back. He was speaking facts too. I mean, yep. that's like a, a canonical thing in the books, especially they talk about it a lot in uh, New Spring. So New Spring is the prequel book happens, I believe, like maybe 20 years before. It's when Moraine and, and Swan themselves first become Aes Sedai. So like land isn't bonded to Moraine in New Spring. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how there's really not that many Aes Sedai anymore. Like their quarters rather are mostly empty. There's so many empty rooms because the tower was built to house thousands of people. And at the moment, there's like maybe this is a number I am pulling out of nowhere, but it sounds familiar. 483. <laughs> what do you think about that, Paul? 483? I'm thinking I'm pulling on Google. Or no, do not. Just don't. Yeah, there's definitely no yeah, don't do that. Um, so he is speaking facts. I mean, that's what's happening in the world. The, obviously, people are afraid of Aes Sedai, but there's not as many of them now than there used to be. So he, like Luke said, is trying to die. Swan denies him. She says that she's not so easily fooled as the people out in the world. And if it's the release of death you seek, you won't find it here. No matter what foulness you spill, you will serve as an example for all other false dragons. And then she references that he's going to have to live with he's going to have to live with the madness until he dies. Is this basically it consumes him? Yeah, but um, I thought that the madness from the power would be gone. Is it just like is she referencing like she implying that his new sober madness yeah i think not having the power so it's not the actual madness i think that's what we talked about in the instant reaction that we decided that it's the madness of not having the one power yes okay it makes more sense when it is all right we can so i know we talked about last time but so it's confirmed that if you're a man uh, sorry what's that confirmed (laughs) it is thought that if you're a man that is channeling and you are cut off from the one power that curse of madness disappears that's what we're saying i think so yes the curse of channeling as a male disappears and you are now replaced with the curse of not being able to to feel the one power just like withdrawal depression yeah Yeah. because the when you touch the male side of the one power you have to essentially get through the dark one's corruption on it and so, like, by interacting with that over time, you become mad because it's gotcha. basically almost like a part of the dark one is inside of you. I, I didn't know if it was like a parasite that latched onto you. And then even after you stop channeling, you get gentle, it stays. It's, but. it's described as a pool of power. But on top of the pool to get to the pool of power is a thin layer of tar. Just think of it like that. That's sitting there. And that's the taint. Anytime you. It's the taint. Pull- it's the taint. Yeah. Right, it's the, that <laughs> that's is, that's what it is called. Books. Sorry, that's yeah. the book term. It's the, dar- it's the, the dark one's taint. You gotta go in through the taint. I said it on the answer reaction. I'll say it real quick. I don't know if, like, obviously, because of the Amelin teach reaction and everybody else, you know, when somebody's been gentled, they can't channel whatsoever. Right. What are the chances that, you know, he can save a little piece deep inside him, didn't get cut off, and that deep part of him that can touch. The one power comes back. It's just hidden. And then we'll slowly grow as he's in prison. I want that. I want that for him because I just love low game. <laughs> I mean, that's I cool. That so bad. That's cool. If he's a walking example of why you shouldn't touch one power. But I feel like his character was so big. And within literally like one episode, almost two, like one and a half. He kind of is like out out of the count for, you know, being a main character. I mean, even uh, Leandrin in like the same scene in a little bit says He's he was stronger than you. Let's like, skip to this I part lo- because I, I think we're, we don't need to talk about Logan anymore. Yeah, no comment. Love that. Oh, 
so the official trial of the three main Aes Sedai that were involved with Loghain being Maureen, Alana, and uh, Leandrian starts, the Aes Sedai starts asking questions. And this this conversation is split into two parts. The first is going to be Leandrian stating her case because she was the head of the whole camp and like her decision to gentle Loghain was coming from her. So she talks and people are fucked up that the blue and the green Aja stand up for her. And they, they back up her story saying like he needed to die because of what you were saying yeah and then she says that we had to do it because left alone he was stronger than yourself like you had to be there and i just again can't emphasize (laughs) it enough fangirl over low gain man just that strength and his his actor's great too so rooting for him Mm -hmm. swan's kind of whole reasoning for being upset at them she actually echoes what karene said in episode four to leandrin in that our laws don't exist to protect our lives our conflicts they exist to protect our people from us so that's exactly what Karene said to Leandrin in episode four, when they're having the conversation of let's just gentle him now. And Karene's like, we can't do that. You know, there's laws and procedures we have to follow. Exactly. Shield first, gentle second, kill last of all. I love that term shield. That's such a cool fantasy term. Um, so ooh, ooh, ooh. not cool. Not cool. We're keeping that. Crack. <laughs> I'm editing this one. I'm taking that Future out. Kyle, keep that crack. I get to control the narrative. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moraine uh, in this scene also, like we said, stands up for Leandrin, which is kind of like murmur, 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 murmur. Yep. And she gets called out a little bit because Swan kind of is asking her now after Leandrin that fucking snake brings up like, oh, Moraine has this chick with her. She didn't tell anyone. So now with the script flips and so now we're all grilling Moraine mm-hmm. and Moraine is asked, what the hell have you been doing outside of the tower for this long? She refuses to answer. We know it's because she's out there hunting the DR. And she can't tell anyone that. I just love this little line that Swan throws in there. She says to Moraine, perhaps it's your noble blood, Lady Moraine Damadred, that breeds contempt for those you consider beneath you. Yeah, people are like, oh, shit. So that's just a fun little shout out. Moraine is actually from noble, uh, I guess, birth origins. Yeah. I almost said I was about to crush noble and royalty together, but I couldn't find nobility. Royalty, <laughs> no royalty. I was like, whoa, that's not a word. Noble royalty. Dude, Leandrin is so fun to hate, man. I think she's so great on every scene. She's just such a bitch. And she just she's so good at her delivery. It's so fun to hate her. She's like getting the Joffrey and Ramsey treatment. And I just mm. think it's really enjoyable. I saw such a funny comment. I believe it was on Twitter that there's people that have started calling Leandrin Joffrey. <laughs> that's, jaw so wow. that's fucked up. That's what amazing. awesome at the same time. I think we can use that. That's just, it, it made me laugh so hard when I read it. it. <laughs> I can't even remember where I was going because Joffrey. We'll never be able to interview her. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. What were you just saying? Talking about Leandrin, how great she is, but she's also starting to narc, right? Like we're all fighting Moraine now at this point in time. Oh, okay, Kyle. Yes, Marine and the nobility. Kyle, is it like a in fantasy? It's known that you know nobility. If you have noble blood, you're kind of drawn to the power or whatever in like different genres. Is that kind of how it is? And that's why Marine is like so no. strong. No, no, we blood. saw Swanton. Yeah, exactly. The that's the opening scene. Is okay. someone Literally from fisherman? Yeah, the most humble of beginnings possible to now the most powerful person. I don't think it's genetic at all. Okay. So it just happened to be she was noble. That's yeah, awesome. it, she has a past that they'll probably go into a little bit more. That's what New Spring was about. A lot of that, which was fun to read. I keep bringing it up because I really enjoyed that book. Kind of the conclusion of this is that Moraine is, I believe at this point, 
they kind of schedule sentencing for they're the like next tomorrow, day. Yeah, they're like tomorrow we'll decide. Like I need to think on everything Your and judgment will come tomorrow. Yeah. So Moraine's kind of in a little bit of hot water now with the Ireland seat. She has some type of judgment coming, and Leandrin even hits her with a nice little parting shot in the hallway that tomorrow your reckoning comes dude moraine's facial acting in this when she's talking to leandrin is so good she is just so fed up with her bullshit yeah she's like, go fuck yourself joffrey yeah. <laughs> joffrey yeah that's nice <laughs> we also had a leandrin line in there where she said oh are you not questioning moraine because you know mother was a, once herself a blue mm-hmm. and that caused like the biggest murmur 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 whisper <laughs> of all and it even caused liana to use her magical yeah. item staff Looking readily, she hit the ground twice with that. When Logan said, "Pin that or stake that green bitch to the wall," pin that girl to the wall. Pin that, pin that girl. <laughs> stake that green bitch to the wall. She, Liana only hit the ground once with her staff, so that was almost like by Leandrin. It was two times worse coming at the Amarlin scene. Quick maths. Quick maths. One times two is two. Quick maths. She's lucky she didn't get slapped. So right, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I will say one last little, I guess, comment is that I'm pretty sure. And I think someone actually pointed this out in our instant reaction YouTube comments. So shout out to that person that one of the the groups of Aja. So they all have three people in the hall. But the greens, I'm pretty certain their middle seat was not filled. And I'm pretty sure that's where Karene would have sat because mm-hmm. Karene was yeah. the um, Karene's title was Captain General. This is actually pretty cool. This is such a tangent. It doesn't matter. But the rooms are marked by an upward pointed sword lacquered in red, gold and black carved into the doorway. Nice. And the number two is the first strategist. And then the number three is the first tactician. That's cool as shit. Is Alana any of them? The number no. of swords is the number of guys you take at once. Oh, that only works for green. <laughs> yeah, only for greens. Exactly. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> OK, moving on to the bath scene. Because we're going to stick with kind of Moraine and the whole political maneuverings before we dive into the DR candidates and their storylines. I just want to leave this off with Paul. Do you have anything to say with the? Oh, no, this is not Paul. Oh, no, no, I think this is a good scene. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's a great scene. Titty scene with Megan and Moraine. Yes. And the blue Ajo. That is a wonderful description. Yes. So we get a lot of fun nuggets that get dropped. Megan kind of has some reports of what's going on in the world. She mentions that. She actually even recalls that Alana supporting Leandrin in the hall was kind of like, what the fuck's going on with the green supporting the reds? She mentions that there are ships disappearing on the West Coast. So book readers all love that line. That's uh, some really nice foreshadowing for what might happen in future seasons. We have Aiel are on this side of the spine, Trollocs in the two rivers, and a Terran ferry was sunk by an Aes Sedai. And murdered the, the ferry owner as well. He committed suicide. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He committed suicide oh, by being I an idiot. Didn't even catch that. Oh, come didn't on. Didn't catch dude. that. But yeah, Bro, he had sense. one hand the whole time. <laughs> Honestly, the conclusion of this scene is that, or more the point of this scene is that Moraine is even seen as kind of an outsider within the Blue Aja. We're Ma- already outsiders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Megan tells her, like, hey, you need to stay in the tower because I need to go west to investigate those ships. Mm. And then Moraine's like in her head thinking, well, that can't that can't happen. We also she did get commanded. And she says that later, which I asked the question on the instant reaction, who would have been higher? And that kind of proves that Megan is higher on the pecking order than Moraine is in the Blue Aja, even though Moraine's been gone. Like that is, has no effect on it. And I do like to that in the uh, previous scene, we get that Swan used to be a Blue Aja and that in this scene as well, that Megan is 
seems like she is in support of Swan. She's like on her side for the most, but like they want to follow her because that's her sister, her mm-hmm. former sister. I cannot stop thinking about her Irish accent every time she talks. So Scottish. She's Scottish. Scottish, Scottish, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's deep, but I like it. It's the like only it. thing I could focus on when she was talking. It's very thick, but I like it. Keep it coming. Do you think Rosamund Pike oiled herself up or somebody else oiled her up? <laughs> You, are you looking for a job? I was going to say, <laughs> let me apply to that role. Oh, does that mean you have to like oil everybody up? Because never mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't make have... any comments you'll regret. Yeah. You can't have the uh, the butthole bleaching job as that's my job. Oh, yeah. The White Tower. <laughs> yeah, that's my job. So pause. I'll be the oiler. But before leaving the scene, they also do it reemphasize that Nynaeve has the most powerful potential in living memory of any user of the power. Mm-hmm. And then as Moraine reaches for her towel. She she also gets a little branch of a little plant drops. And is there a name to that in the books? I have no idea. Just because it was, you know, it, it obviously was a signal that Maureen set up ahead of time. It's the same plants that are hanging down from the yellow Aja's quarters that we actually go into. Shout out Emily for pointing that out. I hate to give her credit. Credit is due. Wait, that's what that was? Yeah. I literally wrote my notes like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but yeah. I don't like giving Emily credit, but she's <laughs> wow, the SME You've done that multiple times in these episodes. SME getting put in his place here a little bit. It didn't happen in the books. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I thought that was a cool little connection, and that is the scene that we jump into, but we're gonna wait on that. Yeah, so the next thing we're gonna talk about is gonna be Moraine and Swan and the whole plot twist to this episode. Hmm. So it kind of happens in, I guess it's three parts. So it's Moraine and Lan in Moraine's room. Then we have Moraine and Swan. It's pre-sexy time. And then we have post-sexy time. Mm. The Lan and Moraine stuff, there's nothing really you learn new here besides the fact that Lan is aware of their of Swan and Moraine's connection. Yeah. And also, I think it's important, too, that they drop the concept that Moraine can mask yes. their bond so she can kind of hide the connection almost. Lan was freaking out. He like he, he hurried in there and almost like ran in because, you know, if he can't feel her. He's all worried. Maybe she's attacked and he busts in and all of a sudden she's just chilling there. Doing I think her makeup. that's very selfish of her to to stop him from feeling an orgasm. That's what I'm saying. Why do you got to keep land hooked up to your feelings for all the bad parts? Except as soon as you get all your jollies off, then <laughs> he, he, you cut him off from the source. Like that's messed up. <laughs> so Moraine uses the magical item to, the <laughs> to now go to what looks like a fisherman's hut. So if I'm honest, I don't love this because it's not really well explained what's going on. Part of that is on purpose. Part of it is they also have um, there's explore like bonus content that l- tells you what it is. So it says that it's a tear on Griol, which are just magical items. I would have said that term, but it meant nothing to you guys at the time because that's a specific. Still means really nothing to me. It's a subset of the magical items. Yeah, so there's types of magical items. This is one of them, one of the types. Obviously, it has to be. And it just isn't one from the book. And what it does by like sending her to another place just feels kind of wrong to me. Just seems like that shouldn't be possible. But I mean, it's a book, I feel it's like a nitpicking book reader thing. Yeah. Important part is that we get the Moraine and Swan interaction. And if this is what it takes to get it, then I'm on board. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. What You're confused about that she has this item that can lead anywhere? Yeah. It just the fact that they have it like this teleporting. Well, to be fair, in the following scene that we have, 
I mean, it's still teleporting, but Swan has the same magical item in her, her oh, yeah. quarters. That, yeah. So it is. It's not like anywhere. It's only from like it's the teleporting part that that, that could potentially break further down the line storylines. Yeah. Because like the ways is like the fastest way to travel. Yes. So there's spe- specified ways to do these kind of things. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And also like if they knew that they could use that thing, they would use it for more than just hooking up. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like the isolated organization would put that to better use, but I guess it's maybe property of the Ireland seat. Yeah, that begs a lot of questions. For Moraine and Swanfuck, they have it's it's an interesting uh, relationship they have here because we know that in reality, in the real world, I guess you could say Swan is the Ireland seat. She is the boss of pretty much almost the world. She pretty much claims the world in the trial scene. But we get the roles flipped a little bit here. It seems that Moraine is our is our dom. Love to see it. Get That's on your knees, man. That was payback for earlier. Yeah, that was a really interesting twist to go along with the fact that they were already in a relationship. That Moraine is also the uh, the power in the relationship. I mean, it was really cool back and forth. She Moraine calls her mother, and she's like, I, "You know, I hate it when you call me that." That's a, and... this is a title of power, and that she doesn't want to be referenced to that. She wants to just be a mm-hmm. fisherman in bed. You know, like so much for not having any favorites between all your daughters as the mother and. You know, when were we ever wants to follow the rules? That is fun because it's also a thing that when Moraine and Swan were right before they became isodized, so when they were novices and accepted in the tower, basically students, they would pull pranks on like a lot of everyone else. When they get raised to be isodized, it's like they do whatever the test is. And then they're like, okay, tomorrow you will do the whole ceremony for you guys. So that night they like get a bunch of mice, put them in. A red sister's bed that they don't fuck with <laughs> and then they get caught obviously but it's no. like ang ang becomes the avatar but he likes his pranks because you're wearing an avatar the last airbender shirt so. i am yes it looks great on me thanks i also like here we mentioned in the instant reaction but it's definitely important to mention here that marine has been looking for the dragon reborn for 20 years and that she has found five potential drs but because the prophecy is so old and mistranslated it's been translated multiple times that the power of the dragon reborn could have been split amongst five of the potential dr candidates mm-hmm. and to continue with some other information drops swan and moraine were the only ones that were present when the Aes Sedai that foresaw the dragon being mm. born like they were the only ones there to hear that to see the prophecy to see the prophecy Say, and swan said we saw the child be born mm-hmm. swan also says they have to keep this on the dl still because if the other sisters find out they're going to be stilled and stilled is the female version of gentled. Mm, so they're okay. two different types. They're two different types of, I guess, magical rituals to strip the different genders of their powers. Okay. And then the third thing that Swan says is they talk about her prophetic dream. We don't know if it's the future or what's going on, but she's seeing dreams every night for a couple months, I think she says, where she sees the dark one at the eye of the world. And then she goes on to say that's where his prison is. And he's growing stronger and stronger every single day. But he's still overall weak. Yeah, super weak. And then she wants to send the Emmonsfield Five because they don't know who the dragon is to the eye of the world so that this can be dealt with. But Moraine doesn't like that because she says it could be just one of them still. And that sending all five of them would be a death sentence to the other, the other four. Ones, so yeah. she doesn't want to do that route. But like we do in every episode, just the dragon reborn candidate where we think they're at. I still think it's naive. We'll talk more about this at the end if you don't want to get into it yet. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I just love now would be a good time, but I'm fine with it at the end. Guys, I didn't say that was Paul's sexiest scene. Mm. Oh, true. Oh. <laughs> Cue the music.
<laughs> yeah. some spicy time. Yeah, when Moraine said on your knees, that was Paul Sexiest. <laughs> uh, there's a few things I got to say about the, the pillow talking afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you know, you guys already said it. Moraine said, uh, I heard from a Gleeman that there's tales of many had a dragon. And my question is what Gleeman was spouting that, because that's interesting. And if she actually holds any way to it, and I don't know if that is just an example of the prophecy being lost in translation over years, um, like translation after translation, or I don't know if that's overshadowing or overshadowing, <laughs> foreshadowing. Another thing, another question, uh, or more, another observation is that she calls Marine her little puffer fish. You know, when her when her talons or her uh, spikes spikes go down, just another nod to the fisherman analogies where she grew up from and my last comment is that i'm a little nervous that swan is like having these dreams of the dark one being purposefully weak being fed into her from the dark one saying oh i'm weak don't come get me now (laughs) don't do it because like that's what she's thinking like oh let's attack right now while he's weak and i'm nervous that he's purposefully purposefully sending her messages misrepresenting how strong he actually is at the eye of the world. I'm, I'm worried they're going to get there. He's going to bust out like with his cock out and just destroy them all. Dude, episode strong. eight, bro, is going to be fucking crazy. I will say that the end of the first book, I read it and was like, how are there 13 more books? <laughs> I feel like that's like that's the story. Like, where do we go from here? <laughs> so the ending is going to be wild. Dave, what is your opinion on these dreams? Um, I actually really was vibing with what Paul was saying. That was kind of my thought process as well. I was honestly kind of, I was getting real like death vibes from that. Like I think the dark one might kill Swan. Swan. And I think I want to put that on the board for, as a potential foreshadow of what I'm calling out now, but just really don't trust it either. Interested to see where it goes. I guess one fun thing is that they mentioned the prophecies. So Swan insists that the prophecies are clear about what the dragon is. She mentions that the last dragon was a man. There's no way the wheel would split his soul into five souls. So we talked about it on episode, it was five, I guess. So it was our last episode, Deep Dive, when Rand has that book that's the the Corythian cycle. Mm-hmm. The Corythian cycle are the prophecies of the dragon. I guess not to get too into it, but it's essentially a checklist of a bunch of different fucking things that are said. And again, who knows how word for word accurate you could take them because of the translation issues over the years and then we don't know it's like the eyes to die telling fault not not lying but talking around the truth like you never know what you're reading yeah and some of them are very literal and then some of them are metaphors Mm -hmm. so it like bounces back and forth between like this event will happen this thing will happen but it's in like flowery language that's like a metaphor because you keep you guessing and you really don't know so yeah it's funny that she says the prophecies are clear when it's like eh are they really? Have you read them? Then the punishments aside, which is to exile Moraine so she can get out of Megan's command to stay in the tower. Yep. We covered a lot of this on the instant reaction, but I know Kyle's got some nuggets. But I do want to say again, straight up spirit stick. That's what that's what it looked like. But she had to swear on. Oh, you're talking about the oath rod? Yeah, the oath rod. Well, stick. okay, we're yeah, okay. So that's the following day, right? We have Moraine starting to get ready for her trial. She knows it's like basically game time. And then we have Leandrin and her talk first, though, right? Oh, Leandrin calls her out first. And then this is when Moraine has the best mic drop 
about talking about how she knows that she's meeting a man in North Harbor Harbor, which is the clit of the island of Tarvalon. We actually mentioned this on an interaction and never went into it into a deep dive. Yeah. But the island of Tarvalon, where all of the women witches live, is shaped like a vagina oh. on purpose. And then there's the White Tower, which is like a penis that is there oh. inside of the vagina. Mm. And then the North Harbor at the top is like the clit. Wow. <laughs> that's that's a thing. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's something to, to mull over. Give that city planner a raise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, bro? I appreciate that. You should give all city planners raises. But yeah, Leandrin did intercept them on their way to meet Loyal, the goat. Awesome. Because in between that Leandrin conversation and actually talking to Loyal, she says to Land, like, come on, like, w- tell me what I'm dealing with. Mm. Land tells him, yeah, well, he's very upbeat. <laughs> She's that like, is. all right, I can deal with that. And we see Marine smile more than we've seen. Like, true. She, she only smiled this much when she, like, talked to the white cloaks in episode three. Mm-hmm. I think it was. When she she matched, was, like, putting on a face. She matched his energy. Yeah. Maureen, your name sings in my ears. <laughs> never gets old. We'll so never good. get old. She greets him with the greeting, glory to the builders. Ogier are notorious. I guess that's probably not not the right word. They're famous for their craftsmanship. They built the White Tower. Mm. They all like the big famous castles kind of around were mostly built by Ogier. Basically a hybrid between dwarves and giants. I thought his name literally like loyal builder because she would like say builder and, and bow to him. Yeah, yeah, that, it's more like an honorific title for any Ogier because they built all of these amazing structures. They're oh. known like to work really well with stones. That's dope. Yeah. The last thing is going to be the trial. This is honestly not that long of a scene. It's just a very emotional scene. Swan basically hands Moraine the oath rod. Spirit stick. The spirit stick, as Paul likes to call it, which forces her to restate the oath of exile, essentially. And the acting is just so fucking good in the scene. And this is another Terangriol for you guys, like the subset of magical items. It's in the same category as yeah. the painting, right? Makes sense. Yeah. yeah Basically, sense. the Terangriol are magical items that have one purpose. Like they do one thing. Sp- and they could be anything, like a random specific thing. Okay. Yeah. So we've seen one that teleports people. We have one that binds physically, almost binds oaths to people. There's just kind of a theme like that. Makes sense. The one issue that I do have with this scene. Oh, uh, Can I guess? She doesn't repeat it back perfectly. No, that's important, but no. Oh, okay. I guess, honestly, part of it is only because the way that she changes it, like, there's no way that everyone else didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. Like, did you guys hear her calling her pet names? Like, what was going with that? Like, (laughs) how did they not know? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Like, yo, they're totally, there's a lot of sexual tension in this room right now. (laughs) Until, yeah, it's the Amaran seat, Swan Sanchez, my boo, my baby girl, (laughs) calls me back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what happens though she was she did she was whispering, she was whispering. i was gonna say yeah. she was whispering a little bit yeah. but like there's no way that like to everyone else there's just yeah. like, an awkward yeah. pause for like five seconds to go off of that she does when it gets to or may the creator cast my face in darkness what was it my soul my soul my, <laughs> my face. face just my face. Whatever. <laughs> i was close uh she when she does get to that part she does raise the volume of her voice so i don't know if that was intentional yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was speaking was. so quietly but at the same time to go off of that it's like yo you're crying like i know that may be as moraine you know she's getting exiled it's fair she cries swan amaryland see miss tough 
she's crying. She and it's like sister, it could be one of her daughters. Daughter, leaving. Yeah. yeah, it could be one of her daughters leaving, but you know, a little she, obvious. She could fake cry uh, for any of her daughters. But quickly, on I do like that they said what the penalty of breaking these oaths are, which is getting your dark, your soul consumed by darkness. So that's Based. also what's going to happen if they ever lie, right? Like they can't, they can't lie. Basically, you know, like how we talked about the different. What are they? The Hawkwing oaths. oaths. The oaths, yeah. yeah. So it's just cool to see it. I don't know. This I, this doesn't necessarily happen like this in the books, but it's cool to see the item because it's so like renowned. Yeah, I think that it's just to get the idea of the oath rod out there in front of us. Yeah, doing something other than creating the oaths because we're not creating any eyes to die at the moment. So this is just like an easy way to be like, hey, look at this oath rod. This is how they do it. They cemented it pretty well throughout the whole season. Yeah. To go back to an earlier scene when Swan is talking to Leandrin and, and saying, hey, like you just took the shawl. Is that what it's called? Yes. So is the shawl basically swearing on the oath rod? So it's interesting because they chose not to do the shawls. It seems like in the show, but in the books, every Aes Sedai has like a shawl, like a physical clothing item of the Ajas that they are in. So like Moraine has a blue shawl that she wears okay. and you are given the shawl when you become an Aes Sedai. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't do it in the show, which is interesting. Some people were upset about that. I mean, I was a little confused because I thought the Shaw was literally swearing on the Oathrod spirit stick. No. Yeah. Are you less confused now? Yeah. Cool. And Luke got me a beer. So. To go back to your point about her not repeating the oaths word for word, separate from the, the pet names being used <laughs> in front of everyone, she does swear to Swan Sanche. Mm. She doesn't swear to the Amerlin Seat. So that's like an important thing. Obviously, the words matter. So she's oh. so she swears to Swan. Okay, because there was talk of Megan, the the blue saying, you know, Swan is kind of losing it. So it it does seem to be there are murmurs of not a mutiny, but people looking for another ambulance. So question, Dave, specifically for you, if you were to be correct about your um, theory that Swan ends up dying. What would that mean to you for this oath? Does that mean, would you guess that Moraine would be permanently banned from the tower because she wouldn't have Swan to call her back? Hmm. I didn't think too much into that theory, but now that you got me thinking a little bit, everything matters. Everything matters. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to reunite again. So I think it's going to happen after Swan calls her back. Like not season one death. You're calling for Swan then what you're saying say it one more time like you don't think swan's gonna die in season one no 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 i think her death would come like okay. later down the line for moraine as the dagger is getting driven into swan's heart she says moraine come back it would so be like a to. it would be a low point for moraine just because now that we know that she's from nobility i imagine that she hasn't struggled much in her life and then maybe losing a loved one might cause her to like switch sides to a certain degree or make her like lose herself for a little bit good question all the sisters turn in the back on her. So fucked up. I mean, I mean it's, it's tradition. It is tradition. You, you could tell some As of them didn't tradition. want to do it, um, which Amarillin Seat Swan didn't have to turn around. So that was like a watch you walk out. Yeah. Part of me doesn't love the logic of using exile as the punishment for someone that is never around. <laughs> I read that on Twitter and was like, fuck, that's such a good point. You just ruined that for me. Yeah, Yeah, I guess I might have just ruined it for some people out there. But it's just kind of when you like lay it out like that, it's like, okay, Moraine, you're never around. You don't ever tell us what you're doing and you won't answer my questions. 
exile. Go, <laughs> like, go do it more, basically. Yeah. But being exiled, I mean, she doesn't have any authority <laughs> being an Aes Sedai anymore, right? I guess that is going to be the question of when she leaves the tower, is she like excommunicado? Like, is she, she no longer she'll be able to still Sedai. flash the ring, though, is kind of the thing. So, like, if they took the ring, maybe I would believe that a little more. I'm just, I guess, more curious to see how it goes. I think just don't read into it because I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, That's yeah, kind of like the... She still has the ring. She's still made the ways, you know, to jump Yeah, she can still channel. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cool Kathleen Peacemaker kind of thing. Like, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. Moving on to our Emmons Field 5. So we get a lot of nice scenes with them. Actually, not a lot of nice scenes, but just good scenes with them. The first one is going to be Moraine healing Matt of the dagger. Dude, the CGI in this scene is the the best of the episode, without a doubt, of course. But it's up there for the series so far. Really well done. Love to see it. And I liked how we talked about it on the Insta reaction, how the the darkness went was trying to corrupt Moraine as well by going into her mouth. But she was just so strong that she was able to throw it back into the dagger. But again, really well done scene. I always wonder, like, I was even thinking of it while we were watching, like, Rand's eyes were, like, following the cgi effect of it like coiling around her arm like how do they the do they darkness have, yeah like the darkness coiling around her arm yeah. and like sliding up her body and everything like do they have just like a laser pointer on her like her arm and it's like track this and that's how we'll get the eye movements look at like, the wrist look at the elbow yeah, yeah look at her mouth too but the music in the background was so good and intense like moraine's acting again was just so like she understood the gravity of the situation because we find out later that a normal person would have been way dead by this point if it wasn't Matt. Mm. So like just the way that she understands all this two really great attention to detail parts of this scene are one is every single reaction by Rand. I thought was so good. Like the way that as soon as they come in, he's shocked and he's like, Oh my God, like how you doing? And as soon as they look at Matt, he thinks in his head, cause he's like, I wouldn't say corrupted, but he's, he's twisted a little bit by Nynaeve's perspective, like end Tom's yeah. that, Moraine might Moraine might just kill him right now because he doesn't know any better, right? So he has that that piece of attention to detail. And then the second one I love that I only caught the second watch through is after Moraine does the whole stripping of the darkness from the dagger and puts it down, like it pans over and like just passes by Lan and Lan's like completely out of breath and he didn't do anything. And it's because he's feeling what she is while she's going through this whole motion. Mm. Lan's also physically like having to deal with the stress of ripping the darkness off this probably can't breathe yeah. either. I mean, like it was, it was just out. a cool attention to detail. I thought that was one of my questions was how difficult was actually pulling the darkness, this curse out of Matt, because she looked physically exhausted afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Luke just said even landed. So it's like, all right, how in terms of shielding Loghain, I mean, it had to be like right underneath that it seems like, cause she was like dizzy and exhausted afterward yeah because then she goes on to say that the dagger was feeding off matt's own darkness within him so it seemed like they were the dagger was a magical item that was pretty fucking attached to him yeah. and it's darkness so it, like if it's the darkness from shadar logoth logoth what, what, what Shadar <laughs> whatever your heart desires okay. Shadar <laughs> okay yeah sure that one um <laughs> like that seemed like a powerful curse so i think it's it's up there in terms of just how much energy it took from her and lan we saw him throw like a cloth over it and didn't touch it. But I still think it's you know, kind of on him and he's waiting to dispose of it somewhere. And I'm waiting to see if the dagger actually comes back into play. It would be sweet if like they're getting attacked and lands like, Hey, 
here's a dagger take this and like that their enemy just like gets fucked up like from the madness and the curse that would be amazing you just they would just like stop fighting and have a little gift exchange no he's like oh don't take my dagger <laughs> okay. reverse don't, psychology don't take this thing in this cloth here don't <laughs> take this okay. drop my dagger yeah you could like i guess plant that on people to just fucking ruin their life that would be yeah and no would one it- said the quote yet of the scene stupid boy oh, <laughs> oh you my god. stupid boy so good that's when the music ramps up and it was it's so good she's oh my god she looks at the dagger and is just so disappointed i'm not mad i'm just disappointed i'm curious what you guys think of this whole dagger arc now it's kind of we've seen it pretty much conclude well it kind of in my opinion leads to the end of the episode you like, want to talk about it then yeah yeah okay yeah. that's fine with me so we're pretty much good there right we get we get Moraine talking and scolding, rightfully so, Nynaeve, mm. saying, bruh, you're a fucking healer. What the hell are you doing? Like, I'm, you know I know. So, like, why the hell are you, like, you're, you're being prideful. You're going to kill your friends. You don't know what you don't fucking know. She, yeah. And she she reiterates that um, Nynaeve is with the Omerlin seed scene later. And it's, yeah. Im- it's important to note, too, that she says that he shouldn't touch the knife again, be- the dagger again, because, one, it could just be way worse for him, and it would probably kill him. But two is that he was feeding into the knife as much as the knife was feeding into him, which I took as Matt was like almost accepting of like, even though he was able to hold, he was able to hold out for a month. There was some middle ground between him and the knife that allowed him to stay alive. As like trying to be as objective as I possibly can with the knowledge I have. Does that not add some clout to the possibility that Matt could be the dragon because of the way Moraine talks about there being something in him that wasn't the dagger? I'm just like asking, is that? Or is it not important at all to you guys? You still think that we can go into that later if we're going to do the Dragon Reborn talk later. But I still my my idea is still open to the idea that any one of them could still be okay. Like I still think it's specifically naive, but I think open to the idea of any one of them still individually being it. Three small things. One, I said on the interaction, but I love the interaction between Lan and Rand in this scene. It's just funny that Rand unsheathes the sword and Lan steps right in front of Moraine and is like, brother. You're an idiot. Yeah, oh, slow it down. <laughs> so that's just like fun. And then the second thing is that Moraine again calls loyal builder in this scene. This is actually the first time it happens, but and she bows to him, which I think is interesting. And then the third thing is just gonna be the quote that I thought Luke was gonna say, and now I feel good that I get to say it. If wisdom is the title you claim, I suggest you start using some. Fuck yeah. Bang bang. I need needs to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, she I knows. would agree. And to go off Dave's point, but with the darkness feeding in to the dagger and then also whatever is inside of Matt, I feel like they've done a decent job of showing that Matt has a little bit of this duality to him yeah. where like he loves the girls and he's a great brother and caretaker to them. But he also has some negative traits in Gambling that he's a gambler. He's a thief. I mean, yeah, he has some alcoholism, I guess, in his family. So it is they've kind of had set that up a little bit mm-hmm. throughout the season. Agreed. And that's why I was I wanted to note that. This is connecting what Emily pointed out for Paul, who pointed out for us. The the yellow Aja's message to Marine when she had the Megan scene to to let her know that Perrin and Egwene arrived. And they go to the Medicus. Ooh, oh. Spartacus yeah, like callback. Yeah, that was a double. Ooh, I didn't expect that. that. that Talk nice. about someone who's missing a limb, the Medicus and Spartacus. <laughs> oh, my God. But I noticed that he didn't have an arm. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I noticed that one. But this is a quick scene. We can talk a little bit more about it. What the main takeaways are. Parent, are parents still knocked out and healing from his torture. 
Egwene has saw the, the wolf eyes and tells Moraine about it, who says, don't tell anybody about that or they'll kill him. And then also Egwene gives Valda's rings to Moraine and, and kind of avenged, partially avenged the killing of the Aes Sedai. Paul, yeah. Moraine, you give our girl Egwene like a nod of respect, a little bit of thank you, maybe in, instead of just taking the rings and doing literally nothing mm-hmm. like, come on, little respect. She was busy. Oh she God. was moving around this episode. Yeah, I did say that on the instant reaction. Her steps are out of this world. Paul, she, what did what did you think on uh, Valda still being? You still think Valda's alive, correct? Yeah, when Egwene says, "Oh, Valda will never hurt yeah. any of your sisters again," I was like, "That is a wild assumption." That's what I wanted to call out was that notion being completely wrong because she's definitely going to come back and. How still funny would up. it be if she said? Valda is confirmed out. <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed. He's confirmed. He's confirmed. He's not going to kill. I would I say, Gwen, you know what we say about the word confirmed. You don't, you don't watch Bingetown TV. Yeah, unless we she see should. it on the screen. It ain't confirmed. <laughs> and, you know, I had the assumption. It's funny you say that Pan was knocked out. The way that they zoomed in on him, I was like, is he is he still awake? Is he hearing this conversation between a game, uh, a game, <laughs> a game and Irwin, Moraine and Gwen? Or is is he actually knocked out? Because, you know, we get the line, uh, Moraine drops, you know, the, the yellow Aja are the best healers in the world. It's like the physical damage will never happen. And Egwene drops the, well, you know, maybe only the physical. Uh, what's the physical damage on the outside? Will he be healed? Not yeah. the inside. Yeah, she basically says that emotionally it's still going to impact him. Mm-hmm. I love that little that little line. As we've seen as well, Keystone Apparent's storyline in this season has been his kind of relationship with violence and what it kind of the impacts that it has on him. So I just like that they're continuing to hit these story beats with even just these one liners, just like that consistently I've, I've been really enjoying. And at the end, when Egwene says, you know, his eyes went golden the way that the Marine snaps around, she says, you know, Luke already said it. Don't tell anybody, but she also goes into the, you know, we have no idea what the dragon is, what form they will take and what powers they will weld. Like, it's just an ongoing thing. So mm-hmm. nobody has Which should open other- the possibility back up to Perrin if you thought, like, his home only thing was going to be just not, yeah. like, wolves. Yeah. Because she says, like, is this a trade of the dragon, basically? And Maureen's mm-hmm. like, we have no fucking idea. Dude, what did I say? He was... He was- King of Wolves in his last turn of the, the wheel. Yeah. King that of the that was that, that was, was my your, guess. Yep. Paul says King of the Wolves and Dave says werewolf, so we'll find out. No, I take <laughs> I take tuned. I take back the uh, the where I was reading some of the YouTube comments and some of them were pitching their own theories. And I'm on the I some of them were saying that he can just communicate with them, and I think I'm on that wavelength right now where he can just communicate with them. But it also is important to note that she says, don't tell anyone because people would hurt him. So it's not viewed as a, a positive thing. It is a negative. Sure. I said I included. I said I as well. Which so is wild. We know that whatever he's dealing with is not a good thing. Yeah. I would never hurt him. I think we, the next thing we jump to is the next Egwene scene, right? Yeah. I, one other thing I would like to just comment going off my point of the kind of consistent story beats that are driving a lot of these um, concepts home. Moraine is so I said I like in the conversations that she has with Egwene, with the whole we can't lie thing, when she's like, oh, I have it on good authority that they're alive. Like, tomorrow when I call for you, come, but tell no one where you're going. It's just this secretive thing where, like, she's, you know she's withholding information, but you also know she's not lying, which is infuriating. I feel like that would be so annoying. Oh, 100% to deal with. Yeah. So we can move to the scene that Moraine's actually referencing here when she says, when I call for you. So Moraine brings Egwene into the hall of the tower. 
And we have a nice little reunion scene here. So Nynaeve finally meets back up with Egwene. The last time they saw each other was the attack at Evans Field when Nynaeve is dragged away by the Trolloc. Mm. It's got to be very reassuring for Egwene here, just knowing that she wasn't any, like, she didn't do any wrong by having Nynaeve get captured. Like, it wasn't her fault or anything. And it's just good closure for both of them. Although it is a short lived reunion because literally Moraine is like, all right, well, you guys can reunite later. We got to see it a person that should not be waited on by anyone but she says a way cooler than you yeah just did. <laughs> i was gonna i was hoping someone else had the quote what's the ireland seat waits for one woman and it's not you mm. and it's not you oh i loved it i think that was the line of the episode I'm, I'm gonna, she had so many good ones, sexiest but... line <laughs> is that a new segment yeah i'm gonna be honest moraine's hotness definitely went up like a, a notch because of that just that attitude that she has i just think that's so sexy she was the hottest in this episode yeah 100 percent. and that, i love yeah the blue outfit with the the head shoulder pieces pads. yeah the jeweled head pieces <laughs> maybe not the shoulder pads but <laughs> the icon she looks great pad. in this episode man i do like the little bit of a maybe fourth wall break you call it essentially when Egwene is almost talking as the audience when she's like isn't it confusing yeah. to have the woman and the chair name the same thing yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I love that, that too. too. Just yeah, ask for yourself. yourself. <laughs> yeah, but that that was that was like the audience, like you were saying, just asking the writers a question. Like, yeah, does yeah, this isn't this a little confusing? That's I believe just on a rough count, the third time they've done that. They did it with Ogier and Ogre, and they did it with Nynaeve's name mm. as well in episode four. So just fun little shit, you know. I don't know. Fun nuggets. Yeah. Moving to the conversation of Egwene, Nynaeve, and Swan Sanche takes place in Swan's room. Like Paul mentioned a little bit earlier, she does have the same picture magical item hanging up on her wall. So that's a nice little bit of consistency there. But this fucking conversation is amazing. There's just so many nice one-liners. It's the, the difference between how Egwene reacts and how Nynaeve reacts. I feel like just characterize both of them really well. It's so good book accurate. It's so book accurate. Like that was just exactly how they react every time they're talking to anybody. Like Swan, like when Swan was thanking Egwene, Egwene was like bowing. She was like, "Yes." Egwene's always smile. adding the um the honorific at the end, saying like, you know, she'll add Landrin Sadai or Alana yeah. Sadai, where Nynaeve never does those kind of things. So like, it's just so good how she's respectful. Now you and she, smoke she up appreciates our the Aes Sedai faction, while obviously Nynaeve hates them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of interesting things here, Egwene actually thinks that swan is talking about her when she says you know mm-hmm. the most powerful channeler that we've seen in a lifetime in a thousand years and a thousand years that's way more than a lifetime the other like the other lifetimes. quote about naive in the beginning of this episode says in a lifetime gotcha. like they say you moraine was with the most powerful or powerful potential we've seen in our lifetime but here they say a thousand years which way more respect so Egwene, yeah, realizes that she needs to put more respect on Nynaeve's name, even though that she was supposed to be her mentor as a wisdom. Um, and we also we also get a cool line here where after Nynaeve just sasses back, where I said it in the instant reaction, she needs to check herself before she wrecks herself. Mm-hmm. We also have a line where Swan says, you guys think you can do as you want threads weaving in and out of the pattern without consequence. And the way that she said threads, we've heard threads once or twice. You guys, the book readers have been mentioning it. I'm excited to kind of get more into that and the meaning behind the threads and the weaves and the patterns. And doesn't it seem so metaphorical, but at the same time can be so literal. 
I mean, yeah, just from the title sequence alone. I was just going to mention, yeah, the title sequence is them weaving. Yeah. And it shows all the eyes to die and the different ages and stuff like that. But how much more is is there to it? You know, is it like, uh, what is it, Wanted? Where the, the threads... I'm, the whole time you're talking, I'm just like, I want, <laughs> I'm waiting to make this Wanted comment yeah. right now. Like, we listen to the threads. Like, we don't... Who are we going to kill next? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know if it's just an Aes Sedai thing or if it's a wheel thing. Like, mm-hmm. the whole world deals with the, the weaves. I really think that next episode, we're going to get a big exposition dump about it. I would enjoy that. I don't know. But I'm anticipating some type of conversation about it. I think episode. that's also likely it could happen in episode eight, though. Yeah, I just think of where they're going and what they're going to be doing and, and who they're doing it with to be as vague as fucking humanly possible is <laughs> 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 like is a good setup for it. Uh, so like us one says the wheel doesn't give a fuck because Nynaeve wants out. She doesn't want any part of the ICDI or the White Tower. She just wants a Gwaine and wants to just go back home. But this is where Swan is telling her, like, no, unfortunately, like, even if you go back, like, the wheel's going to call you. Yeah. So. She says, you've been called to greatness. The wheel does not care if you are young or afraid, petty or weak. It certainly does not care what you want. The wheel calls you to this. The last battle is coming. Bang, bang. And last battle, subtitle gang, is capitalized. Mm-hmm. So it is it's like, in the Corinthian cycle. There you go. It's, I guess, every cycle there's a dragon reborn and then a last battle and then resets. This is so vague. throwing shit out there. I don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, the breadcrumbs are, are definitely being dropped around and it's our job to kind of find them and talk about them. So that's cool. Wheel doesn't give is, it, a fuck. is it Avengers time? Yeah, it's Avengers time, I think. This scene happens chronologically after the sentencing. So Moraine gets dumped out of the hall, hops on her trusty steed. And it's just, I just love the action shot of her galloping through the trees. My head cannon is they were like, dude, that's so badass. We got to keep that. <laughs> Epic fantasy music kicks in. Yeah, it was nice. So she gallops her way to the Waygate, which is just some big fucking structure in the middle of some empty field. First one there. And I would be like, where the fuck are these kids that I told be here right at this moment? <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I thought you were just- alone. But who comes first? The goat, loyal, and the strongest horse yes. of all time. <laughs> yes, carrying his six hundred pound this, ass. This is again is credit. Credit to Emily. She was like, "Dude, Damn. that horse <laughs> must be that. strong as fuck." Those calves. It's moving so slow. <laughs> They're like the most like labored steps. It's really funny. After loyal shows up, Parent and Egwene then ride up. And then Lan rides out of the trees with Matt Rand and Nynaeve. Let's go. It's just great reunion. I just love. We talked about it on the instant reaction, obviously, but the Parent and Matt interactions great. Rand and Egwene are finally together again. That's been such a central part to their journeys for, I guess, it's what episodes four and five. Yeah, Egwene could have got a fucking nut, and she she chose to hold out, hold out for Rand. True. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron was definitely looking to get in on that. Yeah. That's a great point. I will know. say that like all of the reunions were great, except I do wish they spent 15 more seconds on the Rand and Egwene stuff. That would be yeah. my complaint. It didn't feel enough. Yeah, I would agree, actually, now that you're saying it. And especially because, like I said, it's such a big part of their episodes. I guess even three, four and five that Rand's like, I got to find Egwene. And she's like, I know Rand's alive. Emily had a comment where Moraine and Egwene were in the what is it? The the hall of the tower hall of the tower yes the hall of the tower and 
Moraine says, oh, there's somebody here to see you. Emily was like, oh, it's going to be Rain. They're going to reunion and it's going to be cute. And it ended up being naive. The way they hugged and like, oh, I missed you. I thought you were dead. And then as Luke was saying, the way Egwene and Rand just kind of like hug and, oh, I thought I lost you. Don't even kiss. Nothing. Uh, yeah, I was, I agree. I was a little let down because this was Rand's like sole goal. And he just kind of. They, might, they might have an important conversation in the beginning of this episode. Like, obviously they will about Matt and stuff, but like they might catch up a tiny bit, which mm. could do it. I mean, it's they're a party that's now adventuring through this dangerous land, almost you could say. So I'm pretty sure it's it's ripe for conversation. Yeah, they're just kind of traveling. I said it in the instant reaction. I'll say it again. The interaction between Matt and Perrin, just fucking love. Just it's just what a dude would say to a friend he hasn't seen in a long time. Walks up, you look like shit. <laughs> Followed by, well, at least I wasn't stupid enough to grab a cursed dagger. And then just like hug it out right after. Matt also definitely looks worse than Perrin. Oh, so he looks worse. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like Matt, it's so funny that Matt is saying that. He's so pale. After all of the pleasantries and the reunion, Nynaeve kind of comes back down to earth and is wondering what the fuck is going on? Why did Moraine bring them to this wild structure? What is actually happening? She needs answers, dude. Of course, she has it like a little brat, too. But she's like, we we already told everybody what you told us. Like, we're not going to follow you unless you give us the answers, which yeah. I agree. You know, you do deserve some answers, but there's way nicer ways of asking. I think by the end of the season, Nynaeve is going to have a, a newfound respect for at least Moraine. Maybe not all of the Aes Sedai, but I just imagine that whatever happens in these two episodes is going to just bring them all so much closer. And Nynaeve is finally going to just get over this little bratish phase that she has right now. OK, you That's think she's going to get humbled? Yeah, I just think Moraine is just going to put her fucking life on the line. They're literally in the prison of the Dark One. They're about to be. They're, so. Yeah, they're, that's where they're going. Just want to make mm -hmm. that distinction. Moraine honestly kind of agrees with her. She cuts to the chase a little bit and is like, hey, we're taking these ways, which are, as Loyal explains, ancient pathways outside of space and time, which I like, because this is the quickest way to the eye of the world where the Dark One's prison is. And she says, I quote, one of you will finish the job you started in a previous life. Yo, or all of you, because many had a dragon. But Rand says, like, oh, you don't know who the fucking dragon is yet? What the hell? And then also, you can you get some zooms onto Matt. He is starting to look scared at this, like, doom prophecy that Moraine starts to laying out, saying, if this doesn't happen and we turn back right now, the whole world is going to be destroyed by Trollocs. Darkness is going to overtake. The Dark One's going to release and everyone's dead. So and it does spend some time on the second rewatch. I noticed like showing Matt's face a bunch yeah. of times. Like he's like, oh. as she pulls up the ways, he's even yelling, like, "Is it too late to turn back?" Yeah, and he actually does, which is kind of funny. Yeah, because <laughs> he's just like, ah, I'm not going in there. Yeah, Moraine actually responds to that, saying, "You know, there is no turning back. Whatever happens from now on is beyond our control." <laughs> The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Yeah, yeah. Her iconic line. I've heard that so many times from Kyle before <laughs> the show even started. I was watching the scene for the first time when I was taking notes, and she was kind of silent a little bit. It zooms in on her face, and I was literally writing out, this is a perfect time to say the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, but they're not going to do it. Like, I'm pissed. And then she said it, she and I was like, oh, I'm a cuck. You got it. <laughs> Dude, the ways is so freaking cool. Paul, does it? I can't believe we didn't say this in the instant reaction. How is it not just exactly what is in Shadow and Bone? It's just that. 
Paul went the bleach angle on yeah. Jason Reaction. Shadow and Bone? You mean like the, the fold? Yeah, exactly. It looks oh. so much like the fold. Like there's lightning in there. Yeah. It's like darkness. There's stalactites sta- oh. are on the bottom. Okay. Slag tights because they hang tight. To the I knew ceiling. you knew because of Jimmy Neutron or some yeah, shit. That's exactly what it is. Slag tights <laughs> are from the top because they hang tight to the ceiling. <laughs> We've had this conversation. That's yeah. why I looked right at Dave. I knew he was going to yeah. correct me. Got so it. I just let him finish. But it just looks epic, man. And the lightning going is just so cool and just raising mm. the danger levels you know what the fuck's in there we'll find out it is super dark and the lightning it's like all right where is is this like they, they, they kind of went into the details of it and then kind of got pulled back by marine summarizing as it's the quickest way yeah. to the eye of the world uh loyal was even saying like you know one step in the ways is and then he kind of got cut off but what was he going to say like well, a hundred mile. In. He does say a specific amount because he said it's kind of unknown about like the the nature of the ways, but like you could travel a couple miles and it will be a hundred miles. It he doesn't like specifically say hundreds of miles. I like it. Like I I don't know if it's like a tunnel in between space or whatever. Yeah, a way to like a wormhole to jump from. That's here how to I there. mentally think about it a little bit. It's pretty cool. I mean, it makes me think of Bleach. I said it before. A it's million. The percent. only thing I think of when I think see this thing is like this is just going to yeah. be the Bleach. And does time flow the same in the ways as out of the ways? Is that going? to... I feel like that would have been mentioned before going in. So I'm going to say no. I mean, it was in the sense that he says loyal. This is uh, that outside of time and space. Okay, so there's and something it, funky going on. Just to end the the scene, and then we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. Is obviously we we've been hinting at it the whole time the whole squad walks in slowly and then they turn around as the gates about to close and matt hasn't moved and then all of emmons field five start freaking out and then like emmons field four yeah i mean the two things i I noticed the most is rand starts losing his mind like i love how much he rides for matt still and he you could just see it on his face he's devastated that his boy's not coming with him and then moraine's face is like what the fuck i'm dealing with more shit now like i have more stuff on my plate and then it just kind of closes and does the final flash of lightning onto her face and then scene. Rand's face, to go for what you were saying, it almost seemed like he felt betrayed. He yeah. was like, yo, Matt, I stuck around you this whole time while you were sick, traveled with you for this month, and then you just kind of dip out last second. It was like, Matt's idea good, good. to go to the White Tower because Rand the whole time was saying, let's just go home. No, the opposite. Uh, opposite. Oh, it was the opposite. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> what? But Cut. The fact that it's the opposite makes it more logical or more likely more believable jesus that's the word i was actually looking for that matt wouldn't go right and so this is probably the the final scene is what's making the internet go on fire right there has not been a more uh polarizing episode from book readers to non yet i don't think at least based on my discourse that i'm seeing on different social media platforms but the two things that happen in this scene that we're gonna see we're gonna cross our fingers and hope the best and it works out is obviously one is Matt not going in because he's supposed to go, I think. And I think it's okay to say that in the books, like he's supposed to go, we're going to find out what the fuck happens. I doubt he's not going to go. So, and this could be related to the, the behind the scenes things with his actor, because apparently there were a lot of episodes seven and eight reshoots that this actor did not go to. So that could also be connected to why they made this decision. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up that pissing a lot of people off is the way that we open the, Waygate and me and uh, Kyle were hammered last night just going over all the talking about this, getting into details about what it's supposed to look like. And it would have really gone a long way if it was loyal, the one if loyal was the one that opened it. 
rather than Moraine just like channeling her like she did. Yeah, I don't love the way they're doing the Waygate. I think it's part of it, obviously, is because it needs to be on TV. In the books, it's like some little door that's in the middle of like a basement up some random building because like it was there because it's been there for thousands of years and they built a city kind of like over and around it because no one knew what it was Uh and it's just like you take this like little leaf like a key kind of and put it in there and then it opens it's way more similar to diagon alley than it is what we just saw there people are upset that the show has kind of made it seem like only people who can channel can use the ways Uh when in reality it's they were built for the ogier so ogier can't channel so how would they use it if only yeah. channelers can open it? I read something that is now my head canon. So shout out to this random person on Reddit that it easily could just be that the one that's closest to Tarvalon was locked by like with the one power. So you could only use or you can only open it rather with the one power and that other ones around the world aren't actually like that. Mm. That makes sense to me. Because it is canon that they're like in the books, at least that there is a way gate right near Tarvalon that gets brought in, but it's not the one that they use in this yeah. context but it's so, just yeah. so weird that the surrounding and the environment that they had the way gate in they they just switched it and polarized it so much sounds like a book reader issue to be honest i yes, had no issue yeah, because i was like yeah, as yeah. a viewer there's none of that bothered me i mean it makes sense that someone magical would need to be able to use this magical transportation yeah it's just the fact that it's was built for people who can't do that so mm. that doesn't max you know that doesn't really yeah. match but I just I really think it's going to end up being that that one is just unique in that way. They did actually give a little bit of a shout out to the leaf thing that I mentioned. The weaves that Moraine, yeah, that Moraine makes in the air, like look like a leaf. Yeah. Is it like the three pointed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did see that. and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that was, I think, a little bit of a nod to it. I just I don't know. Part of me just doesn't also love that it's like just on this hill with like no trees around. It's just open field. But I'm, I'm over that. So Matt yeah. is the, the the less fun conversation. Yeah, I, mean, I, I really think it's I think it's that he's not even in episode seven and eight. That's what I'm saying. It could have been because they did a lot of yeah. reshoots for episode seven and eight, and they could have done it around the idea that forget his name Barney or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Barney is not going to be in it, and maybe they worked it worked its way. Yeah, because it was like I think they had filmed up to episode six, then COVID shut everything down, so they had a like when they started again on filming episode seven and eight barney was not there as matt so nice. people had commented there was like some weird editing at the end because that's the scene when it was originally shot wasn't actually matt not going and then they had to change everything it's possible yeah, yeah. i swear if it is like the beginning of episode seven is matt kind of jumping through the gate last second no and they just did this to give us like sit make us sit on our edge of our seats for a week I'll be so pissed off. No. I really hope they don't do that. I don't think they will. No. And like him jumping through the gate changes his face. There, they changes have, his actors. They have options to keep things fairly similar to what happened in the books that I hope that they do. Just going to be interesting how the season ends. I mean, if I had to rate this episode, I would give it eight and a half. Is that what I said on the industry action? An eight nine, and a half out of ten. You said nine. I did. Yeah. I mean, I did enjoy it a lot. There was a lot of questions answered. Also, it shows like a little bit of the different hierarchies kind of within the Aes Sedai at the same time. You know, the Aja are against each other. I liked it a lot, but I'd give it a nine just because only I like it a lot, but <laughs> I'm going to give it the second highest rating possible. Well, I guess third. I'll give it an eight and a half. Uh, same as I gave it on the instant reaction. Not much changed. Still a great episode. Loved it overall. Um, just think the, the last two episodes, I'm going to save those nines and tens for. 
I think that I'm at an eight and a half now. I think after watching it again and going through everything, I think I was just kind of high on life after watching it initially. It's still an amazing episode. It's really good. I think it's one or two in terms of episode rankings for me. But I think I think an eight and a half is a very fair rating. So that's what I'll give it. Yeah, I don't have much more to say. I think you summed it up pretty well. I was the opposite. Like I started, it was fine. It was good. I really liked the episode. I would have put it, I think, second or third is what I said on Instant Reaction. Actually bumped it up a tiny bit. So I think I might have said eight and I would say eight and a half. It's not the best one because I still am on the episode four team. Uh, but I agree six and seven or seven and eight are going to be the best thing ever. And this is just a stepping stone into the final climax. All right, Dave, who is the Dragon Reborn? Dragon Reborn, I'm going to stick with Nynaeve. I said it earlier, open to the idea of it being all five of them or if it's, you know, Egwene or Rand or Matt, open to that idea too. But it's not Perrin? Not I don't know. I don't know. I really think it could be any one of them still, but I'm going to just ride that naive train. I mean, after episode four, the literal episode title was named Dragon Reborn. And then we at the end, we get naive doing that really awesome shot of her using the one power. So still second by it's her. Who do you think is least likely? And the all five theory doesn't count there. Uh, least likely, I'm going to go with Egwene. I think she I'm still stuck on my mind that she's just going to take just like she's just going to become an Aes Sedai, potentially maybe even become the Amaralyn seat. And I don't think that'll be tied into her a Dragon Reborn's responsibilities. So I think I see her more as an Aes Sedai rather than a Dragon Reborn. Paul's face was disgusted with that answer. Wayne's the least. I don't know why I have it so stuck in my head that she I think it's just might. It's literally probably just because she's a girl, like the only girl of the. Well, Nynaeve, you pick Nynaeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's I like a girl. But she's a little different in the sense that she's older and like they're still not even like even Moraine isn't even sure if she should still be considered a potential DR. So I just I don't know why I'm so bent on Egwene becoming an Aes Sedai. I just really think she has a lot of respect for Moraine. And now she has a lot of respect for Swan, too, after that interaction with her. So that's where my mind's at. So least likely is Egwene. Most likely for me is Nynaeve. Polly Walnuts. I'm going to go. Dragon Reborn is Nynaeve, Egwene, and Rand, and Matt. And Perrin goes and kicks rocks by himself with his wolf curse. Not curse. So you're saying Perrin's the least likely? Yes. Perrin is the least likely for me just because he has a whole wolf thing going on. Yeah. Could 100% be flipped and be the other way, and he's the most likely. Whatever. Secondary theory, I'm going to say Egwene and Nynaeve are the Dragon Reborn, and Rand and... Mm, parent become their warders okay so you're agreeing with the potential there to be a multi-headed dragon but you're not down with five yeah i feel like we got to cut some okay you know not everybody can wrinkle it. it i want this on paper too that i think the second my second option behind it being just naive i think my option would be it being all five of them but naive being quote unquote the main head uh, let's say like the other four would be for support but would they still, it would still be the Dragon Reborn as a collective five, but I think Nynaeve would be the leader of that Dragon Reborn group. Would okay. be, would be interesting if there was many headed and each person represented a different power. Like Nynaeve is already the healing, hmm. Perrin is like the attack or whatever. I can't wait till we get the Rand answer. is in defense or something. That would be that would be interesting. I mean, like they could each potentially maybe rep. No, Rand's a sniper because he's a boner. <laughs> okay, I'm just, so I will go. My, I think that 
sticking with loyal as the dragon reborn. Nothing in this episode told me otherwise. If anything, he increased because of how much respect everyone has for him. The DR will need that. My least likely is going to be Leandrin. Most likely, probably going Megan because she's she's trying to get out of the tower, do some shit. Like who the fuck knows what's going on with her? And then least likely, Swan's dad. I fucking the multi-headed dragon. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> Kyle said that's not possible. Yeah, I don't so. care. Fuck that. So Swan's dad. All yes. right, our final segment. A little bang, kill, marry for the folks out there. Our three options today are going to be Liana, Alana, and Swan. Those are going to be the three. And and let's, they have, let's say their titles. Yeah, let's you say those titles. Kyle, say the titles. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I'm just like, wait, what do you mean titles? I thought you meant like the Sedai, but what Liana's the Keeper of the Chronicles. There's a lot of titles for Swan Sanche, but she's the Amarlin Seat. No, no, no. She's Juan. clever as a pike. That's her title. Not the Strong Amarlin as the Seat. Tides. Strong as the Tides, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alana, Keeper of the Titties. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I mean, I'm upset that she gets to keep them to herself. So I'll go first and say well, I'm going to bang Alana <laughs> because wow, wow, wee, wow. I don't think I could be married to her because of the green Aja warder situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be able to share her like that in marriage. It'd be polyamorous, definitely. I, but I think one night of me, her two warders, and her. Can we count them as well? Yeah. Okay. I mean, have if you're, if, I mean, if yeah, if it's in the, at least in the banging, yeah, I think you'd have to because okay, it's bet. marriage or banging. All yeah, right, so the four of us will get down. I'm going to marry Liana Sadai because wow. I fuck with her hard. <laughs> wow. I really like her. I think that her character has just been killing, what little she's been given is great. And I guess, yeah, it'll end up with me killing the Amarillo seat. To then make wow. room to make room for my wife, Liana said I had to become the new Amarlin seat. So that's what I'm thinking. I'll go second. I'm gonna actually agree with Kyle that I'm going to kill Swan because uh, see, this is a this is a double-edged sword. If I bang or marry Swan, Marine's gonna be pissed at me. If I kill Swan, Marine's gonna be pissed at me. If you marry Swan, Marine's gonna be pissed at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I'm going to kill Swan. <laughs> <laughs> With that logic, killer. Brain's going to be pissed at me no matter what. So I'm going to kill her. And then I am going to actually, I think I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to marry her. I'm going to marry Elena. Alana. <laughs> Alana. Alana. There you go. Because, I mean, boobs. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> the DV, the scoop neck, dude. The scoop neck. The scoop yeah. neck. Yeah. yeah, it just gets me every time. The scoop neck had me sweating bullets, bro. I was fighting for my life watching this episode. Yeah. And then I will just be perma bottom as I bang Liana. Liana. Leanne? Liana. 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 Dude, Liana. these names are so similar. Alana and Liana get me okay. so messed up. <laughs> Liana. Because it's not Leanne. That's why it's getting you messed yeah. up. Liana, I will be perma bottom as she destroys me. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> All right. For me, obviously going to marry Swan. That's just the, the definite. Um, Wait, obviously, like Kyle and Paul both killed her. <laughs> yeah, just obviously marry her because she's <laughs> so strong. Will just keep me safe forever. She's obviously very loyal to her favorites. And that's very attractive to me. So do that. Bang Alana because uh, for obvious reasons that we don't need to go in depth for anymore. You can if you want. Take old biddies. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and then we will kill Liana because fuck her, fuck her life, Bing Bong. Don't know what she's about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am going to 
bang Liana because that was the default. And I'm going to explain my reasoning for the other two. And that was what was left. I'm definitely going to kill the Amarlin seat, but there's a thought process behind this. Gang, okay. gang, and I'm gang. also going to marry Alana, of course. Alana is the hottest and she's she's the one I'm marrying anyway. That was the first choice. I'm going to kill the Amarlin seat for two reasons. One, it's going to throw the White Tower into chaos. So there's going to, they're going to be needing a new ruler, right? And two, it's going to make Moraine single. So I'm going to implement a new idea Whoa. that we're going to do a reverse water situation where now guys get to marry multiple eyes to die. And now Moraine's <laughs> single because I killed the Omerlin seat and I'm married to Alana. So I get both of them. Wow. Interesting thought process. <laughs> we'll, allow it. we'll allow it. You're going to deal with Lan? We got to kill Lan to get Moraine single for oh, you. Shit. Mm. Nah, he's Eiffel Tower. Oh, Lan booty. I already saw it. Bring a little bit of France to uh, the Wheel of Time. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? I think that's it. Boom. That's all she wrote. Episode six, the flame of Tarvalon deep dive done and dusted. We recapped. Actually, we went scene by scene that time, which is kind of funny because we tried not to do that. But this episode, I feel like was fine for that. We got our DR predictions. We got our bank. He'll marry out of the way. So if you like what you heard and we hope you did shoot us a follow at Bingetown TV on Twitter and Instagram. Like we've mentioned, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Bingetown TV. We have a website, bingetowntv.com. So check out all of that fun stuff. We love to interact with everyone. So if you like what you're hearing, send us a tweet, maybe DM us on Instagram. I don't know. We like to chat about real time, obviously. Comment on YouTube, man. We love it. Yes. Also comment on YouTube because those are probably the funnest at the moment. Bang, bang. On your knees. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.